Hello and welcome to episode, it's episode nine, it's episode nine of the Wise Yourself Up podcast. I am your host, Carter McGreevy, and I'm so happy that you're here. In today's episode, I'm going to talk all about speaking your truth and why shame cannot survive being spoken. I know that's not what I promised you, but I'm going to explain why I have changed the topic this week in a wee bit. But first of all, I just want to give you a catch up because I know these love a wee bit of just catching up a wee bit of an after. Some of you have been talking to me about you are really struggling with winter and I just want to remind you it's just two weeks that we're out of January and the darkest, longest month. We're nearly there, nearly there. And then February is such a short month and you get dead excited because spring's just around the corner and there's a real shift in the light. I remember when I was struggling, it would have been uh, not, yeah, last year, so not this this November, but the last November, so November 2022, I was really struggling with the darkness unlike any other year, and I realized that I wasn't spending enough time outside, so I started parking like 20 minutes away from where I was working, so I was working different yoga shoes, so I would park 20 minutes away, and even though it was dark, because like I teach like at the crack of dawn or at night time, it just getting outside made a huge difference to my mood because I was exercising and meditating and stuff, but my mood was very, very low. And I was like, oh, I'm not really being outside as much. And I started doing that and it made a difference. So I'd park 20 minutes away so I would walk to and from work. And I think it's just a nice space to have rather than, you know, bouncing in your car and getting on your phone and always doing or consuming something. So I hope that helps. And if you have any other suggestions, please send me and I'll share with everybody. So I'm saying surfing is not my priority right now. My priority in terms of movement is like more acrobatic and flowy movement is really my focus this year. So I do surfing. I practice surfing for fun to get me in the water because see being in the water that long, it just does amazing things for my body and my mindset. And the research shows that everybody experiences that. Because obviously I'm in the water for two hours, maybe catching my three waves in that time. But if you go to the water and you're just walking along it, maybe you're just getting in for a dip. And maybe what else could you be doing? As long as you're seeing blue space, then that relaxes our central nervous system because we always go to blue space for holidays. And we really have that association in our brains and in our bodies of when we see the ocean of that relaxation and happier times. So that's what the research has shown why it is um, so beneficial for us to go to the water, even if it's cold and even if we don't get in. But you know what is funny? I'm practicing surfing just for the crack and something fun to do. I'm never going to be any good because I'm doing it once a week. It's fine. It's still going to give me benefits, still learning, still playing. But I noticed on Saturday I went, surf and I was tired I had my period on Thursday and it's not like my body would be fatigued it's sort of this stage of the week the only slot left to go out with instructors because I'm too scared of the waves because I don't know what waves I can get and not get and yeah I just feel safer with an instructor it can be dangerous out there the only slot left was 7am to go out with instructor which wouldn't be the time I would choose I'm up early but with surfing it uses so much energy you need to eat I was like, right. And then it's like, you need to eat and like have time to digest. Like my digestion is not that fast, but I could just eat and bounce into exercise. And I didn't want to wake up early. I, I needed a good night's sleep because I'd had really broken sleep in the build up to my period. 
Do you ever get that? That's like the sound your period's coming. You have a night of insomnia. I slept at six o'clock. Didn't have time for a coffee. Didn't have time for food. I went down to the water and I was feeling that. And normally I would do some breath work and meditation. Didn't have time for any of that. It was like a few like mindful breaths as I was scootering down to the beach. When you're tired and you haven't fueled yourself right, you know, you're not going to be that focused or that good. They were really encouraging me. I didn't have it in me. And then I was getting frustrated, you know, um, and I'd see myself getting angry and not getting it. And I was like, oh, cut yourself on. It's just interesting you see your natural go-tos. So I got angry and frustrated. And what else did I do? Wanted to give up. The show just get out of the water. And I realized I was really attached to like, I'm going to catch a really good wave. I'm going to surf really well. Nothing was happening. I wasn't even catching a wave. I started like laughing. Sometimes I would sing when I need to chill out. Like when I was going to catch a wave, I started singing so that it would be present because sounds really powerful and breaking us into the present moment. So when I started laughing at myself, I caught a few waves and I was just laughing at how much you learned about yourself. And I still have that wee me who just wants to push and force everything that I've gently been dissolving over the years. I'm just showing that for any of you who are starting something new and are the beginner. It's so good for us. It's so good for our brains and the brattiness that we can have and the addiction to instant gratification. And yeah, so I hope that you're really patient with yourselves and you can laugh at yourself and be the humble beginner because anyone who's skilled in anything to tens of years of practice and who are we to do free lessons and be raging that we're not in any means decent at it okay today's episode could be really heavy and i want you to be really mindful with yourself today i shared about sexual abuse last week and the response i got from some of you i knew i had to talk more I will talk about sex and contraception another time. I just feel that it's important. I can't not respond to the women that have messaged me. It's obviously going to involve the topic of, so this would be applicable to anyone who's experienced, not specific to childhood sexual abuse, if you've experienced rape, sexual violence, anything at all, which according to the research is one in four women and one in six children experience sexual abuse therefore maybe you haven't directly experienced abuse but you love someone or are supporting someone through that and their healing journey i hope this episode helps and if you aren't in the right headspace pause and come back to this episode another time attune to your breath make sure that you can take nice deep slow breaths and that this is something that you want to look at today I want to share with you about my experience because there's so many of you that have not been able to tell anyone your whole story, your whole truth, and had the experience of being validated and seen. You have shared with me that you can feel it eating at you inside, heaviness like a gnawing, and you don't know what to do. And you certainly don't want to tell anybody about what has happened. I have no idea what you should do, but I hope in me sharing that it is helpful for you 
to navigate your experience. I just want to share some statistics from Rape Crisis England and Wales. One in two women are raped by a partner or an ex. Six in seven rapes are by someone they know. And 91% of people who are prosecuted for these crimes are men. The very last thing I would ever want to talk about is this. <laughs> and in Brene Brown's words, you have to dance with the one who brought you. Because I would not be doing this work, I'd devote my life to this work, if this wasn't who brought me. I will change details of my story to protect people involved, to protect identities. I told the teacher when I was eight about what happened to me. I was receiving education on sexual abuse and then I had realised that I had experienced it. I obviously didn't know any different, you know, I didn't know. I think maybe on a sensory level I knew, but not on a cognitive level that what was happening was wrong. I told the teacher and it was very innocent of me. You know, I didn't really know what I was saying or doing and she promised she wouldn't tell anybody. And then the next thing I was getting interrogated by police and social services for what felt like daily for months. And then after the age of eight, I remember very little. I feel like my brain only came back online maybe around P6. So this happened when I was in P4. For me, this experience of speaking out and not being believed and nothing happening was more traumatic than the abuse for me. Then, and it's not until I started therapy that I realised that shame just overtook my life. I absorbed all the reaction of the adults around me to what had happened and I internalised their disgust and I felt disgusted. And that's everybody's involved, you know, from social services, the police, teachers, family, everybody. I felt tainted, worthless, and that I would do everything in my power to make sure that no one knew this about me. It's probably why I started studying so hard and being such a good guard to redeem myself from I felt like I was internally bad and I hit this part really, really hard. And yeah, like I said, the worst nightmare could be that if anyone ever found out my truth, I experienced a lot of anxiety around that, experienced a lot of insomnia and actually paralysis when I was young. And then I remember around the ages of like, you know, like 10 and upwards, feeling like, you know, did I make that up? Was that true? Did I add on things? And if you start to question yourself, you know, if I was telling the truth, then why didn't something happen? Why, you know, wasn't that person arrested? And why did the right course of action take place? And then as the older I got, I just knew in my heart of hearts that it did happen and that I wish that it didn't. So I just kept on pretending that it didn't. It wasn't until my first boyfriend at 19 that I finally shared it, shared the experience and spoke. Like I never, it was never ever mentioned again, ever in any shape or form. I was never offered counselling after, teachers never mentioned it, family didn't mention it. And it was because it was so painful and you're talking 20 years ago, people only started speaking about abuse then and people didn't have the skill sets didn't really know what to do to support and help people at this time. 
And then something happened, something very innocent, not innocent, but something happened where I listened to a woman lie for a man who was an alcoholic, totally removed from the situation. It just sparked something in me. I was just like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of people covering for men. This is my experience in my lens of the world at this time. I was like, no more. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not covering for him anymore. I arranged to meet up with this person. And I had various people in place for support. And I confronted him. I confronted him and he didn't deny it. He simply said that he didn't remember. I want to share that part of the story because there's so many different reactions you can have to a person in that circumstance, you know. There's so many different experiences that I hear of that happen when confronting someone who you've experienced abuse, rape, violence from. The hardest part of this for me, and this has been a theme in my life anyway, that I didn't want to destroy a family. And I remember feeling like that about me finding out who my dad was because I didn't want to, if he had a wife and kids, I probably wouldn't have contacted him. And this man had children and I didn't want to destroy their father. I didn't want to ruin his family home. And that haunts me still. My healing journey has all been around accepting what has happened. And I find it really hard to accept that the systems in place failed me. I felt so angry at these people with badges and who are meant to serve and meant to do X, Y and Z and nothing happened. And that I was put on trial, that I was questioned relentlessly and I was eight years old. You know, he wasn't put in a sex offenders register, there was no case. There was no repercussions at all. I was just reading recent statistics around this. Two in a hundred rapes are reported by police between July 2022 and June 2023. Resulted in someone being charged that same year. And I know this is different, but I'm just putting together all sexual abuse and violence against women and children. And that's statistics. So if you look at that statistic, that's just a statistic with adults who can speak and explain themselves. So it's much lower in cases of child abuse. Then I went into silence. I kept it buried. I didn't say anything. And I kept it inside till I was 19 until I finally told someone. And then it took another 10 years for me to go to therapy. I did go to therapy at 19 um, when, you know, I was addressing this issue and, you know, talking about it again with uh, family and things like that and speaking to it outside of family as well, with the other person's family. Um, however, when I went to counselling, I just wanted to bomb the places. I, I think I had a real issue with um, social workers and police, and I think I put therapists in the same bracket. I can't be bothered. Them asking me more questions. I remember going into the room. I still have a thing about questions. I still hold that wound in me. I remember walking into the room and they were asking about my boyfriend at the time and I was like, you know, I'll see you later, I'll go. Just asking me questions. I was like, what's this going to help? I remember that vividly, and I didn't want to know. I instead started going to the gym 
Uh, I was already trained this time, but I think it went next level. Just started flat out training. Ran on the treadmill for hours. I hated myself because shame's a really difficult emotion to hold. The worst feeling in the world. A lot of you will probably identify with. And so I just was running and running. Like I really loved exercise. It caused a lot of pain and it helped everything be manageable. I didn't realize until I started talk therapy that I was carrying so much shame, by the way. I had never even heard of the word shame, I don't think, until I was like 27. And Brene Brown identifies shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. I remember working with a professional before and they highlighted to me that people who are gay or queer experience shame. And I was like, excuse me? Sure, I can't tell if you're straight or gay. Like, what's that's mad that you would face so much shame. I couldn't, because I knew how awful I felt. And I was like, but that's, that's, they shouldn't feel that way. There's so many people who experience shame because of their sexuality. Shame because they were abused or experienced sexual violence at any stage of their life. Shame for being in jail. Shame for making mistakes, having affairs, doing wrong things. I feel if we can really help educate around shame, help people speak their truth and love themselves, it would make huge differences in our mental health in our society especially with addictions. I think it's really important that you identify where you experience shame in your life. I think it's a really important exercise to do because it's an emotion that we can be really wired to really not want to feel and bury. It can take a wee bit of time for you to identify where you experience shame. And everybody experiences shame unless you're a, a sociopath or a psychopath. Usually if you use in words like embarrassing or disgusting, that can show that there is shame present in that situation. If you want to learn more about shame, the woman that I learned from is Brene Brown. She studies shame and she's done incredible work in researching shame for women and men. So definitely look up her work. It's incredible. Right, let's talk a wee bit about shame. I went to do a master's to understand paedophilia and understand the judicial system. And understand rapists too, people who abuse women, who rape women. I wanted to understand all that. Long story short, I dropped out and I'll say next week or another week about why I did. Because I decided that I didn't, I didn't want to help rapists. <laughs> I didn't want to help sexual abusers. I hope that they hate. I hope they get help. I don't wish any bad things to happen to anybody, but my life's not devoted to that. The judicial system's so far gone in my eyes. I know this is just how I felt at the time. I was 25. I was like, there's just systems too far gone. I want no part in it. I'm out. So I dropped out of my master's and started to study my own psychology instead of the psychology of predators. That's when I realized how much shame I was carrying. And if you can share with just one person your truth of how you feel or what has happened to you, and for some people, it's the things that they deeply regret that they did or said or old views they had. You're going to feel so much lighter. 
in Brene Brown's research, she talks about the antidote to shame is voice and empathy, deep understanding and compassion for the complexities of life. You know, that was part of my master's was understanding that the abuse of women and children has been throughout history. Egyptians, it was a sign of wealth. They, you had young boys, it was a sign of your wealth. And as humanity has evolved and we've become more loving and our hearts more open, we no longer accept the abuse of women and children and men and people of colour, people of different sexualities and of different genders. So that has all changed rapidly in the past 100 years. You need to pick someone who's safe to share with too. For anyone who says that they need to talk, whether that's a professional or someone who loves you, who can hold space for you. And it's to be really mindful that if a person can't hold space for their own pain, you could be at risk of them trying to fix your pain or diminish it by saying it wasn't that bad or telling you, you know, a, a really horrific story to try and compare the two which doesn't help and it can make you feel worse. So be really careful who you share with and perhaps someone who's went to therapy or done um, some support around healing. And there's incredible people who could hold space who haven't went to talk therapy, but they've done some sort of healing around themselves to be with pain and they can be with yours. It's all around creating a safe container for you to speak for you to be held in a loving presence and just to allow what is. One of Brene Brown's quotes is, shame cannot survive being spoken. And the medicine is empathy. It cannot survive being spoken and met with empathy. Shame really contributes to people really disliking themselves and having like a, a hatred or strong dislike for themselves, which... People really need to be helped and supported with in healing. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is because there's some people who never received the education, help or support to speak their truth. And I'm so grateful that I did. I know it was a long time, 20 years after the incident. But some people live their whole lives not being able to. I hope that each person gets the chance to speak and be seen and held and supported in their lifetime. I feel that's really important. Sometimes when we're not conscious of how much we're suffering or how much keeping something inside is affecting us, we don't know until it's outside of us. Do you know, I thought it was grand the way I was living and the way I was feeling for a long time. I thought I was doing good at life. And the difference in being able to say something out loud. I didn't need to go to court. I didn't need anything to happen that person. It wasn't about that for me. I took the right steps to ensure that people in the community were protected, you know, and people in his community were protected. There's a quote by Della Hicks Wilson that really comes to mind is, my darling, you feel so heavy because you're so full of truth. Open your mouth and let it exist outside of you. And what I'm talking about here not only applies to people who have experienced sexual violence and abuse, but any experience that leaves you with shame or deep grief, because I know that women who 
have experienced struggles with miscarriages and fertility, but they really struggled to speak around baby loss, around death, around losing people really tragically, people really t- struggled to speak with. And in your own time, I hope that you find a way to be with those parts. And I'm going to finish today. I have more to say on this, but I'm hoping to have a special guest in next week and I can't hasn't confirmed yet so I'll keep you posted on that on Instagram but there's another special woman I want to tell you about the lady is called the wounded healer on Instagram and I met her so you may be thinking that Zoom doesn't really work for connection but I completed my breathwork course through the years of lockdown I had wanted to do it and then lockdown hit. So I signed up in Christmas 2019, lockdown hit, and I went through with the course that was all online. And I had this wonderful connection with a woman on the course, and her name is Robin. Robin, did Robin, you just turned 60, I think, this year. So she was in her late 50s when I met her, and we really connected. Real firehouse of a woman, gorgeous soul, lots of spark, lots of crack, loved her. We had a really special bond, and it's funny how you can get that across the water and on a screen. Robin has an account, and I just want to share her story because it's so powerful. Robin experienced a lot of sexual abuse when she was very, very young, and she's had an incredible life since then. And this year, Robin repeated 10 people who raped her as a child. I have chosen that that wasn't the path for me. I respect every woman's choice. And I'm so in awe of Robin and what she was able to do. What she felt called to do. The work that she creates and produces and shares on Instagram is so authentic and has so much integrity. Each woman who... Each woman, each person who speaks, it creates a ripple through the world. It creates a ripple of change and bigger and bigger waves are made. I'm just going to finish it off by saying that I thought that I could never, ever say this out loud. And look at me now. I'm not saying that you need to announce it on a podcast or Instagram or social media by any means, but be open to the idea that you could share it. Dissolve yourself of any responsibility around it. It was not your fault. You did not ask for it to happen. Stop protecting the predator, the person who did it. We can have compassion and understanding around people's behaviours and the crimes that they do. It's something for you to sit through and work through. For me, I think the people who are in relationship with the person have a right to know the truth and they can make their own decisions around that. And I think for me, the reason I took the actions that I did was because I was afraid that other things might happen to other people, which is a lot for someone who has experienced violence to take on because they're processing enough. I think we should all take a deep breath, take a nice deep inhale. A big breath out. Breathing in. And breathing out. Inhale. Flutter your lips. 
slow, slow steps and Hayden is vital. There's no fast track, it just creates more pain, more hurt. Nice and slow. Get support of professionals who can help you if you need that. And remember this is a macro, this is a huge problem in our world that we're collectively healing together. And that's why I've shared today. I hope that it has helped. I hope that it helps to make us feel less alone in whatever we're going through. And just to remind you that any small act that you do for yourself, that we're all connected. The more you love yourself, the more others can love them. For a long time, women were never given the space to speak their truth and received huge consequences for doing so. And then if you feel far too afraid, that's totally understandable. There's various support groups and resources that I will share below. If there's something, if this be something you feel called to know more about or be supported more in. If you have any questions or anything that you want to share, a different perspective, a different learning, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. I hope you take such good care of your wee self. Today's podcast is heavy. Today's share was very, very heavy. So I want you to go into the water. I want you to scream and shout. I want you to storm those mountains. Get into the cold water. I want you to take space to let it digest and see what bubbles. And it could be a week's time. It could be five years' time. It could be 30 years' time. But it will happen in its own time. No force required. Next week, God knows what's going to come up. Sure, say I do one thing and I do the other. So it will probably depend on what I hear from you. The plan is to have a very special psychologist on who has worked with a number of women on sexual abuse, but um, whether we get that done in time is unknown. But other than that, it'll be part two of this session next week in some shape or form in helping you use your voice, helping you be with shame in what I have known and experienced and learned from other women in this past 10 years, which isn't a long time. I know a bit, but there's so much more I want to know and learn. So I'll share the grains that I know in the sand that is. (laughs) And yeah, big hugs and kisses and big, tight, squeezy, tight hugs to you all. Thank you so much for listening. Your wee brains may be going to dinger or you may be feeling really heavy. There's nothing to figure out right now. That at rest, it's a poem that I love. Let go of what may come. Let go of what has happened. Don't try to figure out anything. Let go right now and rest. That would be my advice if anything has sent a ripple or a wave through you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Wise Yourself Up podcast. I have been your host, Karen McGreevy. And if this has helped in any way, please like, share, subscribe. We're coming to the end of series one. And we need some help in getting series two in terms of funding, in terms of getting the baby to roll on its belly, as I've been saying. 
So any help that you can do in shares and likes is really appreciated. And then loads of kisses, loads of love. Take care.